This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. doing the things but i do want to talk to you guys about a question yes. i saw on reddit that was like okay imagine a dating app okay where you do not see pictures of the other person okay they okay. have like four <laughs> four no, pictures I'm, I'm with you yeah. of something from their life that you have to to swipe on like i like it picture okay. of their kitchen or their a picture animals. of the bathroom they're animals or they're like what are the things that you would want to okay. see in those four pictures that would make you swipe right or swipe left hmm i think, I think animals for sure yeah i think and cleanliness i like, was just gonna say yeah, you know me you know me a kitchen and a bathroom like i need to see that even if you don't even if it's not decorated in no i just i want to see it clean i I better not but you see i feel like that one is too easy to fake because like some no one's going to take a pic i mean some people will but most people aren't going to take a picture of like a fucked up bathroom like they'll clean it have you seen have you ever scrolled through okay outside of la real estate which is very like we're hiring a professional well even still in some places in la like you scroll through and you're like Y'all didn't even clean. No, right. I've gone to a dude's apartment. I like being on a date yeah. type of thing and they haven't cleaned. But no, what do you know? Like in, even when the pictures, picture I'm talking about it. like pictures on like Redfin yeah. where you're like swiping through and you're like, y'all took pictures of your house to sell and didn't <laughs> that's clean. Fair. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So that's what I'm saying. Like they're no, I think, I think messy, dirty, real, real clean, clean. They're I like, take me clean. as I am. Take me as I am. This is who I, I am. Won't you know, I, <laughs> I do not take you. I would like to see your favorite outfit laid out on your bed. Like get your favorite things. Oh, think okay. the thing that the outfit that makes favorite you feel books. You don't have to be in it, but like the outfit that makes you feel most confident. I want to see what that is. I feel like you can tell a lot about a person. Yeah. By you that. See, like, like I don't need to see your body. I don't need to see your face. Cargo shorts. You know, like, <laughs> Zip off. Like, socks and sandals. <laughs> both. In the picture, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, favorite books or movies. Yeah, yeah, that would be like a good one. Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone said car on the mm. thing. And Depends to me, it's live. not important what kind of car it is, but it's a cleanliness thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't mind riding in a Toyota Tercel. I just don't want to sit on old McDonald's bags. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So I, I don't care. You have a working car. That's great, but... Yeah, is it filled with trash? Or even <laughs> having a car in some cities, like like that would be just like you don't need one in right. New York, you know? right? If like, you're yeah. in Manhattan, even if you were in like I, I think like Washington D.C., like any place that has a really good metro system, yeah, like you know inside Chicago, I got to see that bathroom though. Yeah, that's tops on my list. Does your bathroom have toilet paper 
Or are there gym socks? <laughs> how, how is your oh. toilet paper? Are you an over or an under? <laughs> yes. And yes. I, I need Do to know. you hand soap at your sink? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Not bar soap. Or some kind Look, of some kind of listen, soap. Any soap. As Cleansing. long as there's soap. I, I don't have strong feelings. Look, I do I don't love it if I it's like an, an Irish spring body bar that you mm-hmm. have at your at your sink, but you have soap there which is all that's there's soap okay soap is soap i'm glad that you have soap like if you don't have have, soap yeah we have an issue i'm concerned i've I've dumped somebody over like a mildewy towel situation (laughs) do you know what i'm talking about when you wash your hands and then you go and you your hands stink after. oh yes they they feel like a little like there's a heaviness to it like you know that there's like a grit oh god yeah on there that makes me want to go change my towels a transfer i feel like it happens so quickly hate oh it's an old hand towel it's disgusting <laughs> it's it so disgusting and you literally i'm literally about to go into my bathroom i'm so self-conscious about it or even just like old towels like really really old towels because i feel like towels get to the point if you've had them for a long long right. time like everyone's been in somebody's auntie's or grandma's mm. house right where it's like it's not that the towel is dirty it's just that this person has had this towel for the last 20 years and it's, and it's always been, been there <laughs> so many times that now it's like falling apart like you wipe yeah. your hands on the towel and you have like towel residue Dude, you know what I mean? I have been in bathrooms where I swear to God that hand towel got hung up when they first moved in and it's never and like, moved our, our work from is that done. position. Our deed is done. No, exactly. How? I swear to God. And it's like, I can smell that towel right now. In if you head. close my eyes, I can smell that towel. And it's... No, Cassie. <laughs> God, we freaked her out. She left. She left to go check her towels. You can't, you can't joke about this kind of stuff with the like OCD. Like... <laughs> Not today. Hand towels. Um, but what I think are, I would like an app like that, though. I do. Mm-hmm. I think like I think that that could be very interesting. Be like, this is the voice. Well, then I'd be yeah. I'd be really interested. What if you couldn't put pictures of yourself? What would you pick to show a potential mate? What are like four pictures that you'd be mm-hmm. like? This is I will show myself through these four four picks. I would take a picture of my bookshelf. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's got a lot Everything. of stuff, right? Yeah. So it's got yeah. books I like. It has um, like a map. And just books it has a globe. It has a globe. Yeah. It has a map of California thingy, like kind of artistic picture with like a little Morocco from Acapulco. And so like it's got things that like really tell you like places I, I love traveling and I love reading. And here's the things I like reading. Like to me, that bookshelf is says a lot about me. A bookshelf, not just like this is my favorite book, but a bookshelf can actually yeah. tell a lot about a person because it's just like it's the kinds it, it tells aesthetic. so much about yeah. who you are. Like it's I have I have plays on my bookshelf yeah. because I have read many many plays. I have feminism books on my bookshelf. Yes. I've got the encyclopedia of serial killers on my bookshelf. There you go. There you so go. I'm just like everything you need to know about me is this bookshelf. Mm-hmm. It's right here. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a good one for sure. I will show you a picture of my bathroom and my clean towels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I, uh, I don't know. Like I have like a lot of like I have this wall here that where we are, which to me is like it's just pictures of all the travels that I've had. I think those are like things that are really important to me. I love traveling. Yeah. 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 Dude, it's like it's a harder question, though. And then I was like thinking I was like, oh, what would I swipe on if you don't, you know, see the the person? You just have to 
see their interests I or what bookshelf. have you. I think that's a really books and movies that one is just really me. Like it is my yeah. aesthetic. It's my style. You can see mm-hmm. how I how who I am. Yeah, you know, yeah. just. Yeah, it, it gets hard board. though. You know, I think bookshelves are good because they are something that you curate throughout you a curate, lifetime. Exactly. Usually. Like, you know, it's books you've collected or yeah. been given to you. And if you move a lot, you are constantly clearing things out. So for it's me, the important. books that yeah. I have are the books that I love and still mm-hmm. like a lot. But I think a lot of the other stuff can be really difficult because it's, it can feel like this is, this would be my concern with this dating app is that you could inch towards classism with oh, this. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah, if you took a picture of a really fancy car or like a really nice big house right, yeah. or Which something. In one way, it's like, okay, you know, like the type of people you're attracting with that, but also like sometimes like a bare living room or, or something like that, it doesn't necessarily say anything about the person other than that they can't really afford yeah, certain no, things, which for some people is important. Like they, they need to date somebody who makes a lot of money, but I feel like... I don't know. I'd have to be careful about mm-hmm. my judgments with yeah. people but based yeah. on stuff. You yeah. Know? It's it's difficult. Like a dating app in general like is 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 problematic. You're sure. judging somebody based yeah. on their picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 hard to get around that in general and yeah. I think it's a cool but- social experiment like I would mm-hmm. like to see it done and I would participate in something like that because mm-hmm. I do think it be- it becomes so easy to be fixated on what someone looks like and we've said it on this oh, yeah. podcast many times you let so many things slide yeah for people who are like conventionally attractive who yeah. you're attracted to that like you you know wouldn't with other people that like I would be interested in seeing okay who who do I want when I can't see them? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like who who do I actually want? And I guess that's the kind of the that was kind of the thing behind the love is blind experiment. You know, right, all of that right. stuff. Where yeah, we're, we're moving in that direction where everything on the internet is so superficial and oftentimes right. so carefully curated, and we see all the time the ways in which you can manipulate your presence, yeah. like through filters or like FaceTune apps or Tinder bio had like one terrible picture of him oh no it was you're lucky you got swiped right on dude yeah i swiped right and then it was just like uh, okay and then i i truly like fell in love with him through our conversation because like his his picture it was like far away Mm -hmm. like he was wearing sunglasses it's usually one that i'd like if they're yeah. wearing sunglasses, I would have swiped left. But for some reason, I was like, eh, I was in front of the Taj Mahal. He had a cool oh, right. like bio thing. And I was like, eh, I'll give it a try. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that's where we are. But like, you know, solely based on appearances, I think doesn't tell you the whole story. That's Whereas right. it's kind of cool if there was an app that made you do a other things. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like examine it on like a different level. I agree i think that's or like maximum of one picture you can only have one picture of you yeah you know and so you do want to strategically think do i want like if travel is important to me do i want a picture of me in front of the coliseum or yeah. you know what i'm saying like or the taj mahal or whatever it is where you get to show that kind of part of yourself if you can right. only have one picture that you can share of you right what is that and who you know who you are yeah so, makes people i think think a little bit more and then you also get to see the people who are thinking a little bit more about it and people who don't give a shit i guess yeah you know yeah i don't know god it's, dating oh. is you know what after three Ooh. years of this show let's just say 
Dating's hard, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you really nailed it. <laughs> all right, we can wrap it up, pack yeah. it in. I think we're done. I covered think, it all. <laughs> I think we got it. Well, this is my worst date. I'm Christina. I'm Keegan. I'm Cassie. And I just realized that we did our entire last episode without doing that at all. No, so. we did. Did we? I mm-hmm. think we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well we I know that all three of us, and by the time we've been recording kind of like ahead and getting a lot of uh, episodes recorded. So by the time this episode comes out, this will be kind of old news. But all three of us have watched the Friends reunion yes. on yes. HBO. And I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I remember them announcing there's going to be a friends reunion and I got like real excited. And then they were like, it's going to be like them getting together and talking about the show. And I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) But the way that they did it, I feel like was really cool. Like it was was very cool and sweet and, and nostalgic and nice. Listen, some of the people that they had there, I was confused did not need to be there yes and uh some of the people that should have had a bigger presence on the show like gunther rudd where the fuck was paul rudd yeah yeah gunther was there for three seconds i know yeah i was like dude and he's like the seventh most credited person on friends right you know what i mean tom looked like why am i here (laughs) like there is that like why (laughs) and also i'm unpopular opinion and I can get hate mail for it. I can take it. It's Christina talking. Mm-hmm. I do not like James Corden at all. Um, I don't like him. I don't. I like him in Carpool Karaoke. I didn't like him mm. in the Friends reunion. I didn't think it was necessary. I thought it p- detracted mm-hmm. from from it. Uh, I so. didn't hate it. I, I think that they did things that I was like, this is dumb. Like, I would have rather, much rather hear more conversations, more flashback episodes mm-hmm. than doing a runway show. Agree. That yeah. Was so that cringy. was so cringy and just stupid. Like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. Like, you're just trying to mate. I don't know. Like, it, you don't need to. Although, takeaway, Cindy Crawford looks freaking amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Gorgeous. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was cool to see see everybody. And for me, my takeaway was like, it made me think a lot about all of us have been involved in in some kind of thing in our in our twenties, like Shadowbox, for instance, mm-hmm. like getting getting to go back to something, and especially mm. something that took off as much as it did, like Friends did. I thought that that was cool seeing these six people reflecting on their experience with it. And right. I, I was I, I was pretty happy with well, it. Well, everyone, I mean, everyone who's ever done a show or like been involved in theater of any kind yeah. really has had a show where you have an unusual bond. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if it's one that ran for a really long time. Right. Um, you develop, there is, it's hard to explain to other people because it's like, there is nothing that's like quite the same as like this bond you develop. And I can't imagine doing that for 10 years mm-hmm. and having to say goodbye like yeah. it would be so hard and so it was really interesting to see like the video footage of them after the last show and they're all crying and like yeah. you know and i loved seeing especially matt leblanc made me smile the most because he seemed there was no pretension there was no he seemed oh, he, genuinely excited absolutely yeah. about like he was remember my this. favorite person remember on the reunion yeah. yeah like he he was genuinely was just like so happy to be there with them and like yeah. loved the fact that like oh you remember when we did this thing yeah and, my but even other favorite part though phoebe and lady gaga singing mm-hmm. 
smelly cat. I really liked it. I felt unnecessary to me. I just was like, okay. I mean, like, again, I would much rather like I I'm, I came. I didn't come for new things. I yeah. came for the reunion. I came to hear them talk about like experiences, talk about, you know, like to me, that was really what I was here for. And it, it was cute or whatever, but it was like, eh, hearing it that David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston were crushing okay. on each other. That's so cute. Like that's like, like, stuff. like yeah. that's what I want. Give yeah. me more of that. Like that was so cute and, and felt nostalgic. And I love, yeah, because, um, uh, uh, Chandler. Hi, Matthew Perry. Thank you. Matthew Perry said something about like, you know, running into, wasn't it him that was yeah. talking about running mm-hmm. into each other? Like you run into somebody at a party and you're like, sorry, I'll never see you for the rest of this party because yeah. this person and I have an experience that we're going to be talking for the, for rest, the rest of the, the fucking night. night. Yeah. yeah, we're done. Like, and that's so true. It's yeah. it's true even to this day. Like, you know, if you run into someone you haven't seen that held a really special part of your Very life and your heart, right? like it, that's happened to me before not on the same level but you know you run into someone who you weren't expecting to run into yeah. and like you shared something special that you mm-hmm. haven't and you haven't seen them in a long time an experience you can't relate to anybody else yeah either, right yeah, yeah you do it's just like all right we're gonna sit on this couch and we're gonna reminisce and just talk yeah. about you know yeah. catch up i yeah. think that's beautiful like oh yeah, it actually makes me think about like when I was younger and we used to travel around singing and I'm like, it was me and so my my parents, of course, and my parents' friends and their kids. And I actually, a couple years ago, was in like the Seattle area and my friend had moved there and we hadn't seen each other since we were teenagers. Uh. So, and we had this, again, shared experience, like who else can talk about how they yeah. traveled around in like a family band. And yeah. Like, it's yeah. so stupid. And you're like, it is one of those experiences that you can't tell somebody without feeling like a big dummy. So when you do get that experience again, when I was able to sit down with her, I was just like, this night could go on forever. Like we, mm-hmm. of course we talked like we never had missed a yeah. beat, of course. Oh God. Yeah. But then it was just like, you know, you're reminiscing and like, Oh my gosh, you remember that time when we, we, you know, we, went to the cabin and we almost died off the cliff. You know, we were hiking or, you know, like all these stupid things that you're just like, no one, I mean, she was almost like a sister to me. That's how much time we'd spend together. So it's just, you know, to relate it, weird to, experience. to relate it to dating. I remember telling someone recently who is still friends with my ex boyfriend who wants nothing to do with me at all, you know, and we haven't spoken in almost a decade. And like, <laughs> imagine caring. I know. Right. Like, (laughs) exactly. Well, you know, I feel like I care in the opposite direction where I think like, and this is what I said to him. I said, you know, it's really sad to me because we moved here together Mm -hmm. to Los Angeles together. We went through probably some of the hardest times in my life, probably some of the hardest times in his life together being like completely broke, completely new to a new place where all we had was each other. And like, it's sad when you lose touch with nobody else will know you in that time in your life, the way that person knew you in that time in your life and vice versa. And so I think that that's sometimes difficult for people in breakups because it's just Mm -hmm. like, you have to kind of just let go of the fact that like we have all of these very specific memories that like have only only been shared with each other and you'll right. never get that chance to like process that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay. Sure, sure, sure. But like it is kind of an interesting yeah. thing that happens in relationships or can happen in relationships. Oh, you, you know, know, you know, I get it with my, you know, I, Adam was like my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it is, it is difficult to 
to to have that to be like oh like we slept on coats yeah in miami yeah. like we moved together there was a lot of of those those memories that you're just like yeah but yeah, yeah. yeah let go yep. but it's it is an interesting thing you know yeah yeah i do think though there's probably a place 10 years from now where if you bumped into Adam. Oh, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. It would be the. Like, well, even now. Even, yeah. yeah. Even, I was going to say yeah, yeah. even like a year from now. Yeah. Like if you bumped into Adam, you would still be able to joke about Miami and. Oh, yeah. on coats and, you know, and yeah. all the dumb stuff that you've been through. I think that, you know, that's what he, you know, I think is hard for Keegan. You're never really probably ever going to have that. No. Have and, that and it's okay. Experience. Like yeah, you, you adjust yeah. to the fact that like, it's all, it's okay. Like you have to respect yeah. everybody's journey and beliefs about it are different and memories are different That's as right. well. And like, so for me, I would actually love to be able to have that, like bygones be bygones. There was good and there was bad and, and we should be able to like see each other and it not be this horrible Weird, experience. Right. Yeah. But like, I have to respect the fact that he doesn't feel the same way sure. about that. And like whether or not I think it's like <laughs> it makes sense to me, it yeah. is what it is. You know what I mean? And like that's it's breakups are weird. Relationships are weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I I mean, like if I accidentally bumped into my ex, well, I won't because I think he's in prison now. But um, yeah, I would ex- actually just turn around and walk away because yeah. I'm like, I mean, to me, of like course. I have we have nothing to talk about mm-hmm. there. I, I am thoroughly not the person i was at all at even all yeah i was then people value memories differently as well and people like put different values on the past than other people do you know like it's you're you're the type who rips your diary pages out cast girl (laughs) yes i (laughs) am when you're done when you're done you're done (laughs) goodbye yeah Well, who should we fuck, Mary kill this week? Well, we have done in the past. We did the friends guys. So why don't we do the friends ladies? All right. Are, Rachel, we, do, are we doing the characters or are we doing? Oh, we did the characters last time. So we did I think the characters we last the characters. time. Okay. So okay. Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe. Right. Okay. I think that almost like the guys, there might be only one right answer. I, I don't know. I don't in, know either. In my In my heart of hearts, like, I know... I'm a Monica. I am a Monica. That's why you can't I'm marry her. High strung. I am very much like I like things to be cleaned a certain way. I'm I get very anxious when things are messy. Like I I am that that kind of personality. So yeah, you're right. I cannot marry Mm-mm. somebody of the like two people that way. It's Mm-mm. it's a mess. Um I think that I need to marry a Phoebe. Okay. Somebody very easygoing, and um, I I need a balance because I can be kind of uh, high strung and melancholic, and I need somebody that's that's easygoing, like a yeah. nice like water. <laughs> and she's yeah. the freakiest my- in bed too. They make they make mention of that many times on the show. So. Yeah, no, Phoebe Phoebe and I I I'm I'm gonna marry her. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna fuck Monica. Yeah. Yeah, spicy. I yeah, it's gonna be spicy. We're very organized. I feel like it's gonna be very organized. I feel like you guys are gonna be like we're on for oh six hundred hours. But I saw her with Chandler and everything like that. So yeah, I mean like I I I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Monica, and it's only because like I I didn't like Rachel. I didn't in the show. It was just like I wanted to. I liked Rachel. I think I wanted Jennifer Aniston did a great job of making an unlikable character 
likable. It, right. it really is. And they mentioned that in the show. If I it had been agree. any anyone else, you would have hated her. You would hate her. That's right. But yeah, I'm, that's true. what I'm going for. It speaks to who I was as a kid that like I wanted to be Rachel. I always wanted to be that character who was like the like stylish one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I Rachel wanted to was be Phoebe. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Phoebe is who you wanted to be. Like Phoebe is who I wanted to be when I got older. Like, you know, whenever I got older, I was like, actually, Phoebe she was so cool and so funny. Mm-hmm. I just, she was so cool. And it speaks to like in my heart, even when I was watching the show as a kid, I was like, I'm a Monica. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I want to be Phoebe so bad, but, <laughs> but I know I'm a I'm Monica. A Monica. <laughs> um, I'm not a Monica. I'm somewhere between Phoebe and Rachel. Uh, I think you're the Rachel in this. If, if it was us. Yeah, you're the Phoebe in I our group. I am the Phoebe in our group. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Monica for sure. I know. And I don't know how I feel about it. Why? That's great. I wanted to be Phoebe so badly. Just, Phoebe didn't give a fuck. That's nice. This, that is true. But I do, I do relate to Lisa Kudrow's explanation of why she couldn't be that character now, which is that I'm 43 years old. <laughs> do I want to come off as the goofy aloofy? But I actually, you know? but there are people who like, that's their personality. And like, I, I like it if it's who you are. Like mm-hmm. if if that if you're being true to yourself and right. you're just like, yeah, this is yeah, who you no, are. No, then November, then right? I fucking love no it. No shoes, <laughs> you know. Um, and I don't think I would have a problem with seeing somebody who. In fact, I think I would probably like it. It's like a Betsy Johnson. You know what I mean? Where oh, it's just sure. like, okay, I get it. Where right. it's just like, yeah, it's not for everybody. And it might be a lot, but I don't know that we need to, I want to move away from saying like, Ugh, grow up, you know, like you need yeah. to grow up because yeah, it's like, no, maybe that's what just does who that they mean? are. Yeah. Exactly. Grow and up to what? Be, I, to be what? I yeah. think we should be as lucky to grow up with somebody that like Phoebe, you know, who is unapologetic in who she is mm-hmm. and fearless like her just performing, you know, with the guitar and, mm-hmm. and living her life in her most authentic way and not, you know, growing up in quotes, I think is beautiful. I think it's amazing. And, and she I was wish the only I- one who was consistently single throughout the entire thing and, and dated more Rudd. than until yeah. Paul Rudd. Yeah. And she dated more than one person at a time. Yeah. And like it was it was never an yeah, issue she was very where progressive. That's for sure. Whereas yeah. I do feel like. Monica and Rachel both, you know, especially Monica actually, like put so much emphasis on like the importance of like needing to be in yep. a relationship. Yeah, part of you a know, relationship. Yeah, yeah. And you you only have a finite amount of time before like you expire or something, you know, yeah. like that I feel like was reinforced a lot with those characters where Lisa, where Phoebe, like you didn't feel that as much. She yeah. got to the point at the end before she got with Paul Red where she did say something along the lines of like, I actually do want to be like married and settled and have a yeah. have a relationship. But up until that point, it really yeah. there was no big deal made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And I have been a surrogate too. So there you go. Yeah. There is that. There you go. <laughs> I do love also I know, I could talk about I love the <laughs> like the fact that all three of them became mothers in really like non-conventional ways. I feel like that was very deliberate on behalf of the showrunners where like Phoebe was a surrogate and or her pregnancy was non-conventional. She was a surrogate and you know Monica and Chandler adopted and Rachel had a baby outside of marriage. It was like everybody it was kind of just yeah. progressive for Well there was no yeah there were no yeah they didn't stick to some guideline that you had to timeline it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am going to Hmm. Uh, kind of hard for me. Okay. 
I am going to fuck Phoebe. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Actually, no, I can't. I'm going to marry Phoebe. <laughs> I'm going to marry Phoebe because it's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be yeah. a fun marriage no matter what. I am going to fuck Rachel. I'm going to fuck Rachel and she's going to be my fuck buddy and we're going to go shopping mm, together. That's yeah. what's going to happen. I can't marry Rachel because Rachel and Ross. Okay. You're always going to play second fiddle. Mm-hmm, so you're never mm-hmm. going to be number one in Rachel's life. So I'm just going to fuck Rachel. I mean, and then, I think Rachel's number one in Rachel's life. Sure, that's true. <laughs> so you'd be number three then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And a four. She's got baby. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, um, fuck. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm going to fuck Rachel. And then I like Monica, but Monica and I. Yeah, that's, ch- that's yeah, I that's what I'm saying. I feel like. I would be so anxious mm-hmm. with Monica all the time. I always think about that episode where Phoebe walks in and she's talking to Chandler and she says, Hey Chandler, Monica's looking for you. She said something about crummies. And he, and he says, Oh no, I was so careful about like eating something <laughs> yeah. in the bed. Yeah. And I'm like, see, I can't live with that kind of pressure yeah. all the time. Of, yeah. Like everything has to be like clean and exactly where yeah. it needs to go all the time. I think I'm going to like, I'm going to have a panic I, attack. I need you to talk to Eric for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Like, oh no. So I'm, I'm going to kill Monica only because of, only because of that. Yeah. I am a bit of a neat freak. Um, apparently the lighthearted neat freak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would say that if Chris was one of these, he would be Monica. And I believe that I have married a Monica mm-hmm. and I feel really comfortable with that. I like it. I like yeah. it for me. I like the structure. Like he takes care of the bills. I just bring in the money. He handles all the stuff. that's like mathy and you know, yeah, you know, and I like mm-hmm. that. I like, I like it, it. We manage our home very equally in that way. Oh yeah, me and Phoebe are going to be a mess. Taxes, yeah. who knows oh, if no. they'll get done? We no, don't know. No, they're not getting done. <laughs> like... For sure. No, no, no. See, no. See, that is a mess. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that I have to fuck Phoebe. She seems mm-hmm. like the, the kind of, yeah, like she definitely is the one with like the little bit of a wild streak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel is definitely too much about like into herself and into like you said ross like it's just i mean <laughs> are you closing your eyes because you think i'm ross like oh, no i don't know like it feels weird yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's what i do yeah okay i feel good i feel good with those choices good. yeah there we go well you guys want to take five and we'll come back with stories yes yeah vive la acción la pasión el drama de los creadores de los musicónicos en tus pelis favoritas llega el as featured in meal. Ordena as featured in meal y escoge entre un quarter pounder with cheese, Big Mac or McNuggets de 10 piezas para acompañar unas papitas medianas, sweet and sour sauce y una bebida. En carteleras ahora. Para pa pa pa. En McDonald's participantes por tipo limitado. And we're back. All right. I have the tainted love this week, so I will kick us off with some stories. I was in college and I went on a date with a guy I'd met in one of my classes. He seemed cute enough and super smart, but I just wasn't that into him. I agreed to the date because he'd asked me a few times and I could tell he really liked me and I have a hard time saying no. Hi, people pleasing (laughs) tendencies. I figured, how bad could it be? Maybe he would even surprise me. (laughs) Never ask. Don't ask that that. question. (laughs) You'll be surprised. It's just not the way you want to be. (laughs) 
<laughs> we agree to go to dinner the following weekend. He picks a fancy pla- a fancier place than I would have expected, so I get dolled up and head out to meet him. I beat him there and take a seat. Ten minutes go by, then fifteen. I'm working my way through the bread basket and beginning to think he stood me up when he rushes in looking disheveled. His hair is a mess and his clothes look like he hasn't washed them recently. I've never seen him like this. And honestly, I'm a little embarrassed for us both. He mumbles an apology. And when he sits, I can see that he looks even worse up close. Dark circles under his eyes. He explains that he has a big test coming up and he has been basically abusing Adderall in order to stay awake for the last 37 hours or so. Oh, <laughs> no. Honey, reschedule. Jeez, right? Okay. He's like, this This chick finally said, yes, I have to, to shoot my shot. <laughs> so freaking at, um, at Shadow, they used to do this thing called the Shadow Challenge, which was like an yes. adventure race. Uh-huh. And the one that I did, it was the last one that they did. Um had us awake for 36 no. hours Why? and let me tell you at the end of it i was full on hallucinating yeah full on i could not drive myself home like not a functioning human no being wow. awake that long no um, and now you're on adderall too so it's like <laughs> uppers like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine this is great it's fine i feel good um okay so he'd been awake for 37 hours or so oh he fell asleep, and then he woke. when he woke up, he realized he was late for our date, so he rushed over. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I asked if he wants to reschedule, but he insists we have dinner. We start looking at the menu. At this point, I'm starving for actual food, but before we can order, I notice <laughs> oh, no. that he's nodding off. <laughs> oh, no. Poor <laughs> he, dude. He proceeds to fall asleep at the table. Like, <gasps> I'll take the Caesar salad. <laughs> <laughs> I gently prod him awake, wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he apologizes but in a few minutes he's asleep again oh Oh my oh no at this point i'd had enough this was a waste of makeup and a perfectly good dress and i barely wanted to go out on the in the first place i text him sorry had to run and leave a tip for the waitress on the table before letting her know that he's fine he's just sleep deprived oh no she just later did she's like bye like waiting waiting for him to nod off and then like (laughs) sneak out (sighs) i got in my car and headed straight for mcdonald's the next time we had class together neither one of us spoke to each other we Mm. never talked about the failed date and he never asked me out again yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that tracks that tracks (laughs) he's like well that didn't go how i expected (laughs) just cut my losses (laughs) all right so i got this one from reddit uh it says met a guy on tinder (laughs) first problem ha 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 seemed nice enough he uh guy ended up being friends with a college professor or the guy ended up being my friend's college professor. Okay. Sorry, there's no punctuation. So I'm, I'm trying to like repunctuate Edit as I go. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, guys. Uh, and she had told me he was cute. I meet him at this bar and he's the only person there. Guys, he looked nothing like his pictures. Mm-hmm. The pictures I also had shown my friend who had said he was cute. Um, Like, why would she not tell me that wasn't even close to him? He was nearly 100 pounds more than the pictures themselves. So obviously he had lied about when these pictures had been taken. So, but we had had really great conversation over texts. Text, so I stayed. Let me tell you, the conversation was 
painful in person. Oh, some people, yeah. Some, it doesn't translate Sometimes for everybody. it doesn't, yeah. yeah. He was not talking, and when he did, it wasn't anything a conversation could be built out of. So eventually, I asked why he chose to be an English professor, and he ends up, ends his answer with, but that's not really what I want to do. So I took the bait and asked him what he really wanted oh, to God. do. Oh, This guy comes to life. Yes. Suddenly, this is the question he's been waiting oh, for. Oh, I fucking love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. He proceeds to say, quote, so imagine you go to a big city. Okay. And you hear there's a new store, a chocolate store, and you go there. <laughs> and when you walk in, all the chocolate is in the shape of dogs. <laughs> the dogs are lined up o- all over like soldiers. You could get a gift basket with them for bridal showers or parties and events. <laughs> so specific. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to chocolate sell dogs? my house and move back in with my parents at 38 so I can open this store. This is my dream. I mean, hey, dude. I'm I'm actually I'm like I actually would like chocolate dogs. It's, it's good not to have a goal. It's not very, a bad, it's just very neat. Very, very specific. specific. Like it's so specific. It's like just dogs. Like just dogs. Like different not cats. Or... This is very much six minute abs to me. <laughs> what about well I mean we already have some minutes. No, this is six. Six minutes. Six minute abs. <laughs> it reminds me of an office space when he's like, it's a jump to conclusion. Game. Game. <laughs> like, yes. yes. What? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, listen. I'm uh, all for having a passion, but yeah, it's, it is. It's very specific. Very specific. I was a little stunned, but I humored him and asked him if the dogs would come in different breeds. He said, "No, no, just one generic dog shape." No, no. You at least you have, have a to whole have a store, breeds. but different kinds of chocolate, of course. No, oh, of course. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> Like, you can't even take this and run with it and do all kinds of different dogs. <laughs> that I would oddly understand more. No, yes. I would too, because people, listen, no shade at all. But like, yeah, dog people, they get very into their like yeah. dog breed. And like, yeah, you want to go and you want to be like, I want a pug shaped. Oh, that would sell. Chocolate. That would sell. I know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sell. sitting here thinking, I'm like, do I want to? do this venture because yeah. this is actually a pretty good idea to start an indiegogo <laughs> for it dog chocolates just just this is a but i see i would do thing. i would do different dogs yeah, yeah. you have you to have, like poodle yeah, because people a, a get wiener dogs so mm-hmm. into like they you know like they're like oh, i'm a frenchie person and i just want like mm-hmm. a dog like a frenchie shaped <laughs> chocolate chocolate like yeah. a, you know white chocolate cookies and cream maybe like a milk chocolate yeah. oh you can do the cookies and cream with dalmatians dalmatians <gasps> brilliant i know wow i mean can we call, call this guy <laughs> yeah uh, so i ended up leaving shortly after because it was weird <laughs> and that's the only thing he really talked about he later added me on instagram and all of his pictures <laughs> oh no had a ceramic dog figurine in them like a picture of his food with the ceramic dog Why? next to it oh a picture in the garden with his ceramic dog he put this dog in every single picture he ever took on his page so he obviously had a big thing for dogs and just that dog all the chocolate's going to be in that shape that that dog shape 
There was never a picture of a real dog, nor did he ever say that he had a real dog. It's just dog figurines, I guess. So weird. I still have him as a friend on Instagram, and he continues to do this five years later. Oh, my God. I need that handle. I do, too. (laughs) He is still taking dog figurine pictures five years later. Do you know who we need to set him up with? Is the Care girl. Bear chick? Yes. Yeah, I remember yes. Care Bear chick. Oh my I, gosh, you guys! Yeah. I think That's about a blast Care Bear chick from the past because I, more than I should. Yeah, well, because <laughs> yeah. we don't get stories that have like photos attached That's very right. often. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. This one is called tennis date fail. <laughs> oh, I love no. it. I'm on a I'm on a streak, so you guys will know what I'm talking about when it gets to the oh, end. Oh no. I was reminded yesterday of a great tennis date fail my buddy had a few years ago. Here's all the pertinent details. He had his first date with this girl. They connected on a dating app, but had crossed paths before with somewhat similar friend circles. She seems like an active person from her dating profile. So he asks, do you like tennis? She says she played in high school. And so he asks if she wants to play Saturday at 10 (laughs) a.m. He forgets that Friday is a friend's birthday at a bar crawl where he unsurprisingly (laughs) gets plastered, stays out till 3 a.m., ends the night with four slices of pizza on the couch before passing out. Good for you, (laughs) sir. (laughs) He wakes up at 9.50 a.m., grabs his racket, and rushes to the courts. no, sir. He smells like booze. Yeah, and pizza oh no. she of course had stayed home and relaxed the night before she's stretching <laughs> she's in her house like warming up like, she's in her cute little tennis court you know yeah. the first set goes fine he's feeling better than he expected but then it hits <laughs> yeah and yeah. everyone knows the feeling yep. when it hits yeah pizza <laughs> that grease no. After a night of drinking, <laughs> it's coming out, honey. Now, my friend, he's a shit at home type of guy. Oh, yeah. no, you ain't not today. He <laughs> dreads public restrooms, but doesn't want the date to end because it's going well. And so he thinks he can hold it. No, <gasps> man. not, sir. <laughs> Please don't tell me you're wearing white shorts. No, like your tennis whites. No, dude, like just take the L. You, We've all had to shit in restrooms we'd rather not. <laughs> exactly. So you just... Take a break, okay? I mean, I'm go sure get it's some a Gatorade. Huge locker room, right? Now she has a very strong serve on one in particular. He extends for it, <gasps> and boom! Nope, shits his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! She obviously notices. What <laughs> of course. And you probably Sorry. heard it too oh on the other God. side of the tennis field. Can you imagine somebody going for the ball and <laughs> squirts. Oh, oh my God. She obviously notices what happens, but does not know what to say. She's ultimately sympathetic and understands when he says, I have to go. <laughs> you don't say. You don't, you're not going to stick around. <laughs> I saw somebody, somebody on Twitter <laughs> tweeted. They tweeted something where they were like, they were like, I got ghosted by a guy who had diarrhea in my bathroom. And somebody commented on it and said, how could you possibly not understand where he's coming from? <laughs> right. I, like, I mean, true. <laughs> it's acceptable for him to never call you again. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, this tracks. Oh. He waddles to the public bathroom and cleans his shorts in the sink. 
He heads home and takes a long shower, then took a seat <laughs> on the couch and had a slice of leftover pizza. I like mistake. <laughs> they would see each other around, out and about, but never go on another date again. It <laughs> kills me every time he tells oh, it. God. <laughs> oh, no. I also like picturing what that shower was like. Like we've oh. all done things where like, because shower is thinking time. We've had oh, this yeah. conversation oh, yeah. many times. And you're just like, yeah. I just picture it. It's just like you two is playing. It's just like sad water. <laughs> like water. You. Exactly. With the, with the, with the. Oh my God. Dude, he's got it. I mean, that feeling when you're like reaching for something and it just like <sighs> comes out. That is. Whew. Wow. Oh, that's lovely. Okay. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Uh, All righty. As a contractor, I choose hardy fiber cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using hardy siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. Okay, so today I'm excited. My tainted love story. I wanted to go a little outside the box. Mm-hmm. I am going to be talking today about the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Ooh. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> I know Benny Hill. <laughs> not, not related, I don't think. So Betty and Barney Hill were a fairly ordinary middle-aged couple living in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. They married in 1960 when Barney was 38 and Betty was 41. It was the second marriage for both of them. They were active members in their Unitarian church and in neighborhood events. So the only unusual thing about the Hills up until this point was that Barney was black and Betty was white. And this was seven years before the loving decision that would legalize interracial marriage throughout the United States. So this is in 1960 when they get married. Oh, okay. Yeah. Despite this, the couple was accepted by their community and they lived a quiet life together with their beloved Dotson, Delcy. And there's lots of pictures of them with Delcy. She's like a she's like a long haired Dotson. It's very cute. Betty was an overworked social worker who took on state child welfare cases, and Barney worked the grueling night shift as a U.S. postal worker, driving 60 miles each way to work. It's a lot. In what spare time they had, the couple were also active in the NAACP as community leaders, and Barney sat on a local board for the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Nice. Yeah. So the couple had been married for only 16 months, but as you can imagine, their work schedules and really busy social lives left them with little time to spend together as a couple. Mm -hmm. So in September of 1961, they decided that they were going to take a spontaneous road trip through Montreal and Niagara Falls. And they viewed this trip as kind of a delayed honeymoon and a break. They like, we need a a break. Mm -hmm. But they left so impulsively that they had no time to go to the bank before it closed for the weekend, and they got in their car with with less than seventy dollars in their pocket. Which you know, nineteen sixty seventy dollars yeah. better than true. it takes now. you a lot farther Further. than it yeah. does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because of this, on the last night of their trip, 
When they decided to head back home, they didn't have any money for a hotel and decided that they would just load up on coffee in a Vermont diner before powering through the drive back. There was a hurricane that was approaching and Barney figured if they drove through the night, they could beat it. Mm -hmm. So they left the diner around 10 p.m. on September 19th, 1961, estimating that it would take them about... Um, estimating that they would get home to Portsmouth between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. So they were driving along U.S. Route 3 around 10.30 p.m. when Betty noticed a strange light in the sky. She said that it looked like... And the unsolved mysteries are you trying to tell me here? (laughs) Aliens! (laughs) No. She said that it looked like a shooting star, except instead of moving downward, it moved upward, and then it started moving erratically, ducking past the moon and behind trees, growing bigger and brighter. I am so excited right now. I know! (laughs) I am so excited. I know. Aliens. (laughs) I know you not excited, Christina. <laughs> this happened. I knew it's you real. would be. I knew you would be. So Betty was also sure that the light was moving with them, but thought that possibly it was an optical illusion, like maybe because of the car's movement, it made it look like the light was also moving. Um, I also want to say I got a lot of this information from a history dot com article that's really good. Uh, but anyway, Barney who was an avid plane watcher and a World War II veteran, reasoned that it was probably a satellite that had gone off course. But Betty urged him to pull the car over so that they could get a closer look. And I put, I was like, of course it was Betty. Like, no. yeah, black people don't investigate. Like, he was like, <laughs> we're going home. <laughs> He's like, we're not going to make it by two if we pull over. <laughs> if we stop and look at every goddamn UFO that we see. <laughs> but he does. He pulls over. And he got out his binoculars and uh, took a look, but he held the belief that it was a satellite. So Betty took the binoculars from him and saw that the white light appeared to be an object spinning in the air. And she said, quote, Barney, if you think that's a satellite or a star, you're being completely ridiculous. (laughs) I love that. Now, Barney was no dummy. Mm -hmm. He had an estimated IQ of 140. And at this point, he knew that she was right. It wasn't a star, satellite, or plane. And he said, like, I knew that it couldn't be those things, but I didn't want to freak her out. So Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. This happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So they got back into the car and continued driving down an isolated road, moving very slowly. The object continued to follow them, growing bigger as it came closer. Eventually, Barney pulled the car over again. He took his pistol out of the glove box. There you go. And got out of the car. Don't know what it is. Shoot Shoot at at it. it. Very American (laughs) mentality. That is. Vermerkin. At at this point, the craft was hovering approximately 80 to 100 feet above their car. Absolutely not. So Barney remarked, you and your goddamn made up stories. (laughs) This is awesome. Oh, there's a baby with a fucking bow and arrow. (laughs) This one has aliens. I love it. (laughs) So Barney remarked later that it looked as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. He moved closer to the object, took out his binoculars, and this time, when he looked at the object, he saw the eyes of 8 to 11 humanoid figures peering out at him. 
Uh, awesome. <laughs> Big news. Awesome. So he tried. Big he news. says too much coffee, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he said he tried to raise his gun, but he couldn't. He couldn't do it. Something was there was a block, right? So terrified, he ran back to the car, fearing that he and Betty were about to be captured. He got back into the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft using the binoculars. They heard loud, rhythmic beeps that they would later describe as sounding like the beeps a microwave makes in the car. Then suddenly, it stopped. Everything was quiet, and they were driving down the road as if nothing had happened. The only thing was, it was two hours later, and they were 35 miles down the road. So, gap in time. Okay. Did they go to the barrel? Have a shot? (laughs) (laughs) They had a a cheap whiskey shot. Maybe I've been abducted by aliens, too. (laughs) (laughs) When they got home, hours later than they expected, they noticed that the front of Betty's dress was torn and had strange pink powder on it. No. Mm-hmm. Neither and like don't mm-hmm mean like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Okay, so she took the dress, she hung it up. I didn't write this down, but I remember it. She took the dress, she like hung it up outside, and she says that. And you're gonna roll your eyes so hard. She says that the powder blew away. However, the dress was taken and analyzed by several government agencies after this. So, <clears throat> and they said, <laughs> "Yeah, it looks like you got a little powder in yourself." <laughs> Neither of their watches worked. The strap of Barney's binoculars were torn, and both felt as though a strange presence had followed them home. Coffee. <laughs> I'm blaming before, caffeine. Before going to bed that night, they both felt compelled to draw a picture of the object that they had observed. You can find Betty's drawing online. Well, then, then I got to go look. Yeah, I'll show it to you after this. Um, the next day, they noticed shiny concentric circles on their car's trunk. And when a compass came near it, the needle would whirl rapidly. On September 21st, so a couple days later, Betty decided that they should report what they saw to the Pease Air Force Base. She feared that they would think that she'd lost her mind if she told them everything that happened. So she held some details back. The officer in charge of taking their statements would write in his official report that the Hills had probably misidentified the planet Jupiter. He would later change his conclusion to read optical condition, inversion, and insufficient data. Mm -hmm. Later on, his report would be forwarded to Project Blue Book, the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. Days after the encounter, Betty went to the library and discovered a book by the Civilian UFO Group National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, NICAP. And over the next few weeks, Betty began suffering from disturbing dreams. The dreams were vivid. Never in her life had she recalled dreams with such detail and intensity. She had them for five days in a row before they suddenly stopped. Let's talk about her dreams. In the dreams. (laughs) Let's not. No. (laughs) No. She recalled a roadblock and men surrounding the car. Then she remembered being forced by two small men to walk in the forest at night. (gasps) She saw Barney walking behind her, though he looked like he was in a trance. The men appeared human-like. They had black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. Their skin was a gray color. In the dreams, they were led into the craft and separated. Then, a being that Betty would later go on to call the examiner explained to her in imperfect English. In her, but, okay, also, 
their mouths didn't move. So it was like a communication. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just speaking. She hears the voice in her head speaking mm-hmm. to her. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, this tracks. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That he would conduct a few tests to note the differences between humans and the craft's occupants. He seated her on a chair and a bright light was shown on her. The man cut off a lock of Betty's hair. He examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. He shaved trimmings from her fingernails. After examining her legs and feet, the man used a dull knife similar to a letter opener to scrape some of her skin into what resembled cellophane. He then tested her nervous system and he thrust a needle into her navel, which caused Betty agonizing pain, whereupon the leader waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished. After her examination, she engaged in a conversation with who she called the leader. She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols that the leader said she could take home with her. She also asked where, uh, from where he came and he pulled down an instructional map dotted with stars. When they went to leave, she was told that they needed the book back, that they had decided they didn't want her to have any memory of the encounter, and Betty told them that no matter what they did to her memory, she would someday recall what happened to them. Barney, after this, began suffering from terrible anxiety and even developed an ulcer because of the encounter. So he decided, or they decided together, that they needed to seek mental help. So the two went to uh, met with Benjamin Simon, who is a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis. Through months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together additional details of what they think had happened. Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterwards he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men in the dirt on a dirt road. The car stalled and the three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them. He was still anxious, however. You don't say. Yeah. <clears throat> and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, I felt like my I felt like the eyes pushed into my eyes. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, Oh, those eyes. They're there in my brain, and all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> the story love, is horrible. Aliens. Aliens. He recalled that the examination table he was placed on was so short that his legs hung off the end. Barney's recollection uh, recollection was less detailed, though he did remember a cup-like device being placed over his genitals. He believed that a sperm sample may have been taken. At one point during the examination, the beings got very excited when they realized Barney's teeth could be removed. (laughs) They tried to explain dentures to the creatures, but the concept, it was a concept they struggled to understand. He's 38 and has dentures. That's what I was thinking. I was like, he doesn't seem old enough to have dentures, but all right. Um, Under hypnosis, Betty exhibited considerable emotional distress when recounting her capture and examination. Simon ended one session early because tears were flowing down her cheeks. She also drew the star map she had been shown on the ship after one session. By February 1962, the Hills were making frequent weekend drives to the White Mountains, hoping to revisit the site, uh, hoping that revisiting the site might spark memories. Oh, my. You could no. pay me enough Brave. to go back. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
They were unsuccessful in trying to locate the site where they recalled seeing the fiery orb. However, they were able to eliminate several possible routes. In March of 1963, the Hills revealed their story publicly for the first time to the members of their church congregation. After the Hills went back to their regular after that, the Hills went back to their regular lives. They were willing to discuss the alleged UFO encounter with friends, family, and the occasional UFO researcher, but the Hills apparently made no effort to seek publicity. Then, in October of 1965, the Boston Traveler picked up their story and put it on the front page with the headline, UFO Chiller, Did They Seize Couple? Mm-hmm. Reporter John Luttrell of the Boston Traveler had allegedly been given an audio tape recording of the lecture that they had made to their church in 1963. Who was taping their church thing? That was <laughs> shady. Someone was like, juicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luttrell learned that the Hills had undergone hypnosis with Simon, the psychiatrist. He also obtained notes from confidential interviews the Hills had given UFO investigators. On October 26th, United Press International picked up Luttrell's story and the Hills earned international attention. Oh, goody. The quiet couple's story became the subject of a best-selling book, The Interrupted Journey, Two Lost Hours Aboard a Spa- uh, Flying Saucer, and a movie starring James Earl Jones. Nice. <laughs> the Hills weren't the first ones to um, report spotting a UFO, but their story was so unique at the time that it garnered a ton of attention and became the model for alien abductions. Like when you hear about alien abductions now, the way that the aliens look, the way that UFOs look, um, missing time, compasses, you know, spinning, all Mm -hmm. of that stuff comes from the Hills story. Uh, Once their story became better known, abduction accounts shared certain characteristics, you know, like I just said, medical examinations, things like that, and became a classic sci-fi staple in things like Close Encounters of the Third Kind and X-Files. While many people in the public, as well as NICAP scientific advisor who had cross-examined the couple, found their account credible, the Air Force Project's Blue Book would ultimately dismiss the, t- the story, determining that the unexplained craft could be explained by, quote, natural causes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> just, I don't know, just, natural yeah, causes. natural causes. <laughs> don't worry, guys. Just natural causes. For his part, their psychiatrist, Simon, never felt that they were making up the story, but he also didn't believe that they were actually abducted. He concluded that Betty had dreamed the abduction and Barney had absorbed her story, um, especially since a lot of their recollections matched what Betty had dreamed. Um, But he did say, quote, I believe implicitly in the honesty of these people. So he's like, Hmm. I think that they think that this happened, regardless of whether it happened or not. Right. Yeah, which in itself is like, yeah, interesting mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like maybe it didn't happen, but like they believe it. They did. believe it did, and it Why shared is that? a shared. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you believe it's a delusion, then it's a shared delusion. Yeah, you know, most academics, both then and now, would dismiss their claims. Richard J. McNally, who's a Harvard psychologist, said. Quote, the alien abduction phenomenon, in my opinion, shows how sincere, non-psychotic individuals can develop beliefs about and false memories of incredible experiences that never happened. See, that I think would be like your Cassie, yeah. your 
worst case scenario yes. in life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not only getting abducted oh, by alien, aliens, but no that one no one believes me. Literally. That is the thing that would just... In heaven for, and then the the aliens have balloons. I mean, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Experts have tried to explain why intelligent, otherwise mentally stable people came forward with these experiences. Many psychologists say uh, say sleep paralysis and hallucinations play a role. Leading questions during hypnosis, uh, the main. Uh, which was the main source that many people use to unlock the memories of abductees could also have been a factor. So they're trying mm-hmm. to be like, listen, we don't believe in alien abductions. Let's try and come up with a rational right. way to justify Let's science. This. I got mm-hmm. a rational. Here's my science explanation oh, for it. Okay. They stop at the coffee place uh-huh. before trying to make it back. Yep. They're like drinking a bunch of coffee. Mm-hmm. They leave. Then this, the cook comes out of the back, talks mm-hmm. to the server what happened with that pot of LSD coffee that I made? <laughs> That's right. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, that mushroom no. coffee. Exactly. That shroom coffee. Exactly. They just, oh, aliens. <laughs> what they really did was they pulled over, fell asleep for a couple hours, <laughs> real tired, and yeah. then they got back on the road. Yeah. Some point to the stress the Hills must have faced as an interracial couple living in a predominantly white state during a turbulent time as the reason for false recall of the events with one expert and this okay, with one expert writing, you have a biracial couple at a time where obviously it was not easy to be a biracial couple. Look what those aliens were. A mixture of black and white. I find that very meaningful. <laughs> okay. Because like, they were gray. Yeah. All righty. I feel like that's a reach. I feel like you're reaching. But very, uh, very stretchy. Uh, others point to their sleep deprivation and the fact that the hills were often overworked and overtired. Of course, another explanation is always possible. The abduction actually occurred. The hills stuck by their story despite years of skeptics. Like many abductees, the couple never felt false memory or sleep paralysis explained what they experienced. Sadly, Barney Hill would pass away only a few years later in 1969 of a cerebral hemorrhage at the age of 46. Damn, that's sad. Yeah. Betty would go on to become a known voice in UFO research and claimed that she was visited multiple times in the decades to follow until her death at the age of 85 in 2004 after a battle with cancer. Now, the FBI and other intelligence agencies are expected to deliver a report on unidentified aerial phenomena to Congress this month, June 2021. They have acknowledged that UFOs exist, and in some of the footage declassified and released to the public by the Pentagon last year, some of the objects appear to move similarly to Betty and Barney's description. Will this change the feelings some skeptics have around the story? Absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. Well, aliens. 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 Yeah. Listen, Wow. Uh, who knows? No one will ever know. Like uh, that specific story or the story of like other people who claim to have been abducted. Like no one knows. And if you've ever watched the documentary, The Nightmare, it's all about sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. It's fucking absolutely terrifying. Not. I've definitely had it. And absolutely not. Yeah. It's, that. it's terrifying. And I feel like a lot of people use that as as an excuse. I think it can absolutely be used as a, or an explanation rather. Right. But also like. 
I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this universe that is yeah. we don't fucking know and Obviously. it's like unexplainable and like uh, we are moving into an area like we're moving forward with government agencies being like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah probably uh, yeah <laughs> you know yeah there's a I, lot of like so I've knows? seen like those little clips with like you know the airline the flying tic tacs in the air pilots and stuff being like well don't know what the fuck that is like yeah. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Don't so I'm just, this. just, yeah. It's just a bunch of weather balloons, you guys. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, and um, look, I don't know if they're coming here, but like aliens have to exist, right? I mean, I, I hope so. I, I do. There's something I think comforting knowing that it's not just us. It's a big, um, big universe. It's true. Yeah. It is a big, big universe. I, when I was a kid, so it's funny, I hate aliens now, or maybe I just did this to myself, and this will explain a lot. My parents had would get those time life books. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. What you're talking about, yeah. And one of the sets of time life books that we had was aliens, pyramids, like, like myths, and which putting aliens and pyramids in the same no, thing it, wasn't, like... it wasn't, it wasn't, there were different books. Oh, like, okay, so there was okay. like different, like a uh, myth book mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, you know, it just was like ghosts and different, like weird phenomena. Yeah. Stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. And these are books that I would religiously devour. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I've just scared myself into. Yeah. See, Cassie, I get the I vibe just, from you that you're real. resistant yes. to the idea because they scare you the most. I think. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah, yes, 100%. My nightmare. But they seemed pretty nice, honestly. Like, like their story, it was like, yeah, they they seemed all right. They weren't that mean or anything. Yeah, I I mean, I don't really like going to the doctor, I, the human doctor. So I don't know if I would particularly enjoy an alien doctor. Especially when you wouldn't, I mean, I feel like you're not really doing much of anything. And you're not mentally ready for it. Like, I was just ready to go home and go to sleep, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. also, where was Delcy during that time? She was on the road trip with them. Did they Mm -hmm. leave Delcy in the car? (gasps) What happened? The aliens were like, look at that cute fucking doctor. They just giggled for Souvenir. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, because there were pictures taken with Delcy later. So they still had Delcy later. But I was like, they're like, ooh, look at the snack. (laughs) <laughs> Snicky snack. No, but they do go out of their way to say that she was on the road with them. So uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what happened to they Delcy. Were, they were like, oh, this is delightful. Like Delcy. Look how looked, cute it is. Look how cute it is. <laughs> <laughs> Took pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, pictures. Delcy glows in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> right? You can't use a compass around Delcy. <laughs> <laughs> she Watch always them. points north. <laughs> <laughs> Her phones act up whenever Delcy's around. <laughs> Amazing. She lived to be like 175. Right. Everybody's like, God, Delcy's <laughs> still old, kicking yo. it. <laughs> still, still hanging in there. Uh, so what are you guys watching this week? So I, of course, uh, I was like, man, I want to watch a scary movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like Googled what are the best recent scary movies. And it's a movie called Relic. Ooh, and that sounds scary. I don't like that word. So if you liked a movie, like movies like, like uh, <laughs> Relic, if you like movies like Hereditary, it's mm. kind of similar no. in that it's, it's not as like gory. Okay. As hereditary, uh, but it's got a similar like kind of dark 
vibe. Eric really like said house. Like hereditary. He really wants to watch the new Conjuring. Oh, I'm that came out. Waiting. I'm counting down. Yeah, I'm like y'all are crazy. Yes. Oh God, I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again. I've said so many times on this podcast, like it's so hard to find an actually like good scary movie because mm-hmm. I feel like so many yeah. of them I don't know what it is I think it's just because people know that like people are going to eat them up anyway that so many of them are so are bad actually like, yeah. they're so like predictable and the writing's bad it's and, been done before mm-hmm. yeah. this this is unique and I did actually really like it so there's my recommendation cool. nice well I want to start watching um, I haven't yet but it, it, it's on my list I haven't really watched anything new this uh this week, but I wanted to know if you guys seen the preview for the show called I think it's called Sweet Tooth. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I saw the teaser on Netflix and I was like, "Is that is it's that a little porcupine baby?" I don't good, know. but like all of a sudden, like of <laughs> oh no, something I know what you're com- talking about. You know what I'm it talking about? It looks like Anne Gaty's. Came up with like the sca- like a scary it's movie. It's supposed to be flash. amazing. The reviews are like really good, but I watched the trailer and I was like, really? I mean, it's been getting incredible reviews. It it's like a mashup between Anne Gettys and and who's the guy who always does the weird like oh, Guillermo it, del Toro. No, 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 Kingdom. What's his name that does like the whimsical Zisu, Steve Zisu. Oh, oh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. Anne Gettys and Wes Anderson had a baby. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. Uh, I think just because the reviews are so good. So listeners, if you guys have watched it and you think I should give it a go. But um, the other thing I have been watching is there's new episodes of Love and Robots. Oh, yeah. I which the season wasn't as good as last season. I've, I've actually enjoyed it. I've only watched two episodes and I've really enjoyed them. Yeah. And uh, maybe because I'm missing like my Black Mirror oh, fix yeah. and this yeah. comes kind of close. So, yeah. Yeah. I am missing Black Mirror. Fixed, we yeah. lived Black Mirror. That's yeah, how they were. Just like, nobody has the season mental. Six was no. we all had to live through it. That's right. <laughs> I, season six was twenty twenty. You know, like I feel like I feel like there's a reason why shows like that. And then, as much as I fucking love Handmaid's Tale, I have not started. I no, and I think it's just because like we all just went through collective Dystopia. social trauma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I, I'm not ready. I'm just not ready. I will watch it, but I'm just I'm not ready, I'm not yet. ready yet. I could never watch a Black Mirror right now. It's yeah, just like it's too it's too that soon. I could Hamming's Tale though. Too soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. <sighs> I as well am, am like stuck on on the inability to. Take I can't. The next it's season too much. Um. <clears throat> so I don't know. Stop me if I've shared this already. Did I talk to you guys about watching Thirty for Thirty? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So I went through like a rash of like 30 for 30s. First of all, those are incredible documentaries. So fucking good. Yeah. So good. And we know I love sports. Um, and so I watched like three in a row. I, I watched, um, 42 to one, which is, uh, Mike Tyson's fight against Buster Douglas. Mm-hmm. I watched, of course, because I wanted to round out my, my Columbus category in the 30 for 30s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Buster Douglas from Columbus, like literally Buster Douglas lived like a block and a half from my house, like, like right around the corner. Like he moved to Johnstown and was like, like literally lived, you know, right mm-hmm, around the corner mm-hmm. from me. Anyway, so I, I, and I love boxing. Um, I remember the fight, but it was things I didn't remember. So that was really good. And then I watched the Tyson documentary, like the first part of the Tyson documentary. And I was like, holy smokes. Like, 
it that's really good too. I think there's I think it's supposed to be a two parter, but yeah, 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 yeah. But I forgot about that fucking interview that they did with uh Barbara Walters. Oh, I don't remember on the couch. And this is when um uh Gibbons, what's her name? Uh, Robin Robin Gibbons mm-hmm. came out and was like, I would like to join in on this interview. <gasps> and like he's sitting there stiff as a fucking like log, all like what the fuck's happening? And oh. she's like, yeah, no, he is very aggressive with me. And uh, yes, he oh, does. Yeah. And I was just like, the look on his face, he is just that's stone cold, like not moving. Just that's like scary. It was that's- and she was just frank about it. Like she and I think that's probably I think she got like a lot of backlash about it. Like probably oh, you didn't act like a victim of abuse. So this you're no, you fake, can't, right? Nothing you do can be right. Like right. there's no yeah. right way, apparently, because it's just no. like if if you don't say anything, then why didn't you say anything? If you're right. if you say something, then well, victims don't usually say anything. So it's yes. like what the damned fuck? Damned if you do, damned if yeah. you don't, right? Well, and I'm like her career, like they and they bef- like the beginning of the documentary. It's very much like how in this day and age do we let a Mike Tyson come back? And in the day and we age, let a Chris Brown come back, and that was not that long ago. Did we? Yes. How's he back? Where's oh, he doing? he's yeah. still making music yeah. and touring and making mm-hmm. tons of money. No, yep, I don't like yeah. That. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's- but then, but then Givens, uh, mm-hmm. yes, white. Again, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Can't, hasn't done like anything and basically got like super ostracized and. Yeah. Yeah. Pushed out. I mean, mostly from the industry. Society's cool to women, right? Yeah. Guys? yeah. Anyway, that Anyways. was fun. Glad I brought that up. Oh <laughs> my gosh. One more thing. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit off mic, but anybody and everybody should watch Bo Burns Inside. I need oh, to see it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I've heard it was great. Yeah, it's you know it, it it's a it's a really good I think portrait of of an artist trying to do something during the pandemic, and I think it really encapsulates a lot. And I I found it to be incredibly moving. I don't know that much about uh, Home Do, but yeah, I he's really brilliant. enjoyed it. Everything I've ever seen him do, and he's been brilliant forever. Mm-hmm. Like because he's been doing comedy for uh, since he was pretty young. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it's it's really, really, really good. I rec- definitely recommend. But if you guys have stuff that we should watch, if you have stories to tell because you're out on the dating scene again and you had a date that shit their pants, definitely, <laughs> definitely. go. We should be your first stop, really. <laughs> Honestly. You should, why, don't even go home yet. Why haven't you written car, it in Text already. us. DM us. Go to our one-stop shop of websites, mywordstatepodcast.com, and we love you so much. Cheers. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.